Welcome to the Scream Sisters podcast, women who love horror. We're all just misfits and hearts. We're running around the city at night, underneath the city lights, oh yeah. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. But we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Hey, this is Misty Pendragon, and welcome to a new episode of the Scream Sisters. We have a focus on independent movies tonight, and we have James Lamont from It Came From 508 Productions. Say hello, James. Hi. Hey, guys. <laughs> so, uh, we are going to talk about the independent movie scene and what's going on with his productions and all kinds of fun stuff there. I'd, you know, off, of course, you know, like to plug that, yes, this is our third episode with the Dorkening. Dorkening! Yes. Good people. Love the yep. Dorkening. And I'd also like to plug that I am starting a new podcast um, it's called Fangirls United, and it's going to be on the same factor with women, but it's going to be on science fiction and fantasy and comic books and stuff, so look out for that soon. And don't forget to check out Horoscope Magazine, issue 3 should be out shortly, and check out their website and stuff, because they're good people, and hey, I write for them. I don't have anything to plug right now. Isn't that sad? Full <laughs> <laughs> Zen's coming back, right? Yeah, yeah, soon, soon. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, the world's getting better. Everybody's getting, starting to get their vaccine shot. Um, I'm fully vaccinated. I'll Me be too. totally clear on Monday. I am also. Yeah. I am vaccinated as of two months ago, actually. Oh, very good. Very good. Oh, wow. That's good. That's good. It looks like Texas uh, Frightmare might be a go, so I can finally go to it. Yay. I'm on the waiting list. Hmm? We're on the waiting list. Really? Uh, the vendor waiting list is a year and a half long. Oh, wow. I just got a press pass, so I'm just going as... Yeah, yeah, no, no, we're... We, we, I, I tried to, like, kind of skirt it to get a press pass, and then, you know and get my stuff in there too you know to try to get it that way but nah it's like literally like 18 month wait 
I didn't even know I was gonna try for that, but so it'll no, that's for that's for vendors. That's all. Yeah, I was thinking of ending, but I I didn't bother. Then I was just like, no, I'll just go. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm guessing since you know vending's been kind of a non thing for a year, everybody's trying to get in. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it it was already a year wait before this. Right, <laughs> Bright, is the big show. Mm. Texas yeah, I've never I've never been to it before, so yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, it's awesome. It's all I've been as a patron. I'm trying I'm trying to go back as a businessman. Okay. 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 Well anyway. Um, well we're gonna start off with the question that we ask everybody. What is your favorite scary movie? Oh man, all right, Billy Loomis. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> favorite scary movie of all time. That's hard. That's yeah. hard. Hard, right like it doesn't have to be of all time I and mean, it could be like your current favorite or okay okay current favorite current favorite we'll go with current favorite because if you i mean i know the people at home aren't going to be able to see this but you guys can i have a lot of horror movies oh yeah real real hard for me to pick but the my most recent movie that really blew me away was the dark and the wicked the what the dark and the wicked the dark and the wicked yeah it's on shutter yeah, it's on Shutter. Um, I actually I caught it on I bought it on Blu-ray, um, just as like a random buy, because the uh, guy that does that that directed The Strangers did it. Oh, okay. I'm a big fan of the first Strangers movies. It was so, okay. I'm yeah. not a huge fan of Strangers, but I was really stoked on it, so I, I picked that up and I just as a blind buy, like whatever. It looked the cover looked cool. And the movie honestly just like completely blew me away. Yeah, no, it was so pretty good. good. I really liked it. So yeah, the Dark and the Wicked is my current like. That's the one I'm really trumpeting and telling everybody they need to watch. <laughs> okay. That's pretty cool. It, it's it's creepy. You haven't seen it, Requiem? No, no. It's the okay. first one I'm hearing about it too. I have not seen that one. Yeah, it's it's good. It's it's creepy. It's it's got its moments. It's a little slow at times, but is it a gory one or is it like more psychological? Um, both. I would say, I would both. say it's, okay. it's got a lot yeah. of violence. Violence, yeah, that's a good. Thing. Yeah, it's got a lot of violence in it. I mean, gore doesn't bother me, but yeah, like, it depends on you know what it's doing. Like, I don't like. Um, I mean, I like body horror, but not like human centipede type body oh. horror. But, um, so, you know, so, so I watched the mo your movie, The Box, and I was really impressed. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Um, pretty creepy. Definitely pretty creepy. That's what we were going for. <laughs> Which was cool. I, I like creepy, you know, from, from what I read on your website, um, it's part of an anthology. Yes. So what made you decide to you know go with that factor instead of like going with like a full movie um mainly it, you know there, there's a couple of things and like we've been we've been doing this for a while now so like when i started it with one last kill which is part one um now okay. you've seen part two you've already seen part two which is the box you, you can see part one what i wanted to do creatively was create a story that we can tell from different perspectives at different times and in different styles. I thought that that was really important 
um, oh, okay. trying to get across. Um, so it's very different. It's it's the same story, right? But you're coming into it at very different points in it, and that way it gave us enough leeway to really like change it up from one movie to another. So it's not like your typical franchise sequels where you see like. You know, if, if you, like, turn on a Friday the 13th movie and at a quick glance, you're like, which one is it? And, you know, unless you're really, really well-versed in the series, you probably can't tell because they're all kind of the same thing. This I wanted to approach, like, okay, we're going to do this kind of movie, then we're going to do this kind of movie. And I wanted them to be so wildly different from each other, but right. still very set in the same universe and telling small parts of the same story. Okay. Has do you have one? Part, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm saying, do you have one, Requiem? Oh, uh, no, I was asking if the third part has been made yet, or you're uh, waiting on making that. That's uh, what we were about to start before Charlie Baker uh, shut the whole... Uh, <laughs> can't swear. I don't know if I can swear or not, but she shut the whole state down, like, three days before we were starting to roll in production. Oh, man. Yeah, it, it kind of kicked us in the pants pretty hard. Um... But it should be starting soon. Okay. Soon. It's ready. Yeah. It's ready. <laughs> yeah. I think the state is opening in August. Yeah. Yeah. So. Fully, fully open? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're located in Massachusetts as well? Yes. Yes. I'm, I hail from Somerset. I'm still not. I don't even know where that is. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm in New York, so I, I'm clueless. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. So, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what the third installment is? Um, I usually don't spoil it. Oh, okay. But I will say this because Misty, now that she's seen the box, she will be in on it. The people at the end come back. And that's all I'm going to say. That's okay. all I'm going to say for the moment. We don't... I'm big on spoilers. I'm big on hiding spoilers. Like, I, I'm very strict about what people can photograph and not photograph on set. Like, I'm a little bit obsessive about it. Because I feel like if you spoil it, you, you, you give away too much. People give way too much away about their movies these days. Yeah. It kills the fun. So this, I don't like spoilers. This will be taking place in the same uh, universe... Or that's the idea as the but idea. different characters yeah okay yeah it'll be a totally different style film from 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 the box mm -hmm. at least at first i should say at least at first it's gonna be a totally different style film mm -hmm. and it's gonna be picking up at a different time in place too oh. so there's gonna be like a, a i will say that it's gonna jump forward in time quite a many years from when the box is Okay, so the first movie is actually in a different, like, time period? It's set one year before the box. Okay. It's called One Last Kill, and it's a very, where the box was creepy and scary and very much a straight-up, like, horror movie. Um, <laughs> one Last Kill is very much more in the vein of, like, I Spit on Your Grave, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's a very, it's a very exploit- exploitation-esque kind of horror, very 70s-inspired. Yeah. Oh, okay. A lot, of, 
a lot of hard to watch scenes and it was heavy on the torture and the violence and the blood and the swearing and it ain't for the kids that's for sure <laughs> ain't for the kiddies okay. don't for the kids <laughs> okay well there's not that much horror that really is for kids do you have a favorite genre of horror that you you like or you like to uh you like to film or pretty much everything i i like to film everything i i feel like there's something that there's, there's such a rich history which is what my podcast is about too, culture shock. We talk. We'll get to that. <laughs> we talk about the cultural impact of. Okay, we'll 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 save that for later. But I love to film it all. We've done between like the web shows and the movies and like everything. We've done all kinds of gags. We've done like the the ex the the, the low gritty Texas Chainsaw Massacre style horror. We've done the the slick you know, whimsical lighting from the box. We've done, I don't know, we've done jump scares. We've done people drinking bleach. We've done all kinds of craziness. And, you know, yeah. I, I love it all. I just love filming. I love, I love creating horror movies. Or even just little five-minute horror whatevers. Yeah. I just love doing it. Um, As far as favorite genres to watch, oh, man, that's hard. That's really hard. Um. My favorite series of all time is Friday the 13th, which is probably why that popped up earlier. Now, that's um, the second time you mentioned Friday the 13th. Yeah, yeah, I'm a yeah. big Friday the 13th fan. You guys can't see it right now because you're you're looking at the movie wall, but the other wall of this room is entirely Friday the 13th stuff. Jason masks, all the NECA figures, posters, like, it's, it's all Friday the 13th. I love okay. Friday the 13th. Um, but slashers probably aren't my favorite genre. I would say my favorite subgenre is definitely vampires. Oh, you speak yeah. my language. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you speak Requiem's language. Yeah. Yeah. She's a vampire actress. I am. There you go. Yeah. There you go. That's what's up. Um, <laughs> I'm very specific about my vampire horror. Like, oh, me oh, too. Me too. I don't, I don't, I I'm not too. in love with like romantic vampires. I, like, I, I, no. Like interview with the vampire, like I can I can watch it and go, yeah, that's cool, I guess. Or even some versions of Dracula, I'm kind of like, whatever. But you give me something like Thirty Days a Night, yeah, Lost Boys, Fright Night, like vampires that are actually monsters. Yes, you are speaking my language. I'm all over it. Okay, have you ever seen the movie Suck? Yes. Did you like it? No. Did you? No. I love Sock. I just love it. It's so funny. It, but it's not meant to be. <laughs> and there's so many great people in that movie. There are, but you know what? You can stack a cast, but if you're if you're just paying them a paycheck to phone it in, eh, you're not going to get a great result. I'm, I'm with you 100%. 100%, man. I'm not a fan. I, I was not a fan. It didn't. It didn't resonate. If somebody else enjoyed it, fucking great for them. I'm, I'm happy for them. Awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's like on my top ten favorite movies. I love it. Hey, that's a different strokes, a different boat. I mean, I probably love movies that you hate too. It's that's <laughs> what makes this so great. That's what makes yeah. this whole industry so great. Exactly. We we have differences of opinion, but at the end of the day, we still all agree that Father's awesome. 
thing. And did you yeah. write the box? Did you write it as well? Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, where did you uh, come up with that idea? From? Um, It's actually a little bit of a personal journey. Uh, both of my films so far, both One Last Kill in the Box, are kind of like touching on personal issues. But uh, the, the real, the concept of the whole movie is like the expression of grief, right? The, the inability to let go. And uh, yeah, I can say, see that. Yeah, yeah just just to say, you know, without being getting too personal, but I, I've witnessed that kind of downward spiral in my own personal life. And I was able to tap into it and really speak about it through through my my art with that, which is which was really the main inspiration for uh, the whole main cast, um, both Roland and Amelia. They were these parents that I knew that were grieving uh, the, the loss of a child. And I, I got to see that in real time and see how that played out. And um, yeah, it was it, that was definitely a big inspira inspiration to them. They know who they are. And uh, if you guys are listening, you know, again, we, we went through that and we came out the other end and we made this, I don't know, mildly depraved but heartfelt. sad it was it, it is sad but you know what that's that's uh life life's difficult you know you can and i feel oh, like yeah. i feel like that's that's the uh the yin and the yang of roland and amelia in the film is you, you have roland who wants to move on who wants to embrace this you know it has embraced in not such a healthy way he is a bit of a drunk but he's embraced the fact that his life is different now where Amelia is still kind of living in this fantasy land where she hasn't really removed herself from her preview what happened before that and um that's really it man it's like it, we we all gotta live no matter what tragedy happens to you like we gotta find a way to move forward yeah. and if you can't well you may as well be dead yeah. and that's really where it all came from Definitely. What are some of your influences and inspirations? Oh man, that that that's that's everything. Uh, <laughs> I, I take I take I get influenced by so many different forms of art. Um, filmmakers, I mean, John Carpenter is probably a number one. He, oh yeah, he's the best to ever do it, in my opinion. He, he's got the most consistent consistent filmography out of all of the the big directors. And he just, you know, when you see a John Carpenter movie, you know it's John Carpenter. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's got a real, he's got his hand in it. He, he knows what he's doing and what he's going for. And I have a, a huge amount of respect for him. But really, anybody that just wants to, like, kind of turn their chosen medium on its ear and, and do something different, like, that's, that's what we're all about. And it came from the 508. None of our movies approach things from what I would say is the by the numbers kind of concept. We don't we're never gonna do a straight ahead slasher movie or something like that. We're always gonna find this way to spin whatever subgenre we're working in. We're gonna find a way to twist it. We're gonna find a new way to do it. So I mean even like, you know, bands uh, music is a huge inspiration for us. We do all of our own music too. We're musicians. Um so I mean bands like Rush, um yeah. Easy Top. 
Dill- Dillinger Escape Plan, anything Mike Patton's ever done. Oh. Both huge inspirations. I um, love Matt Patton too. <laughs> yeah, anybody that just like looks at like what the status quo is and gives it a big old middle finger, that tells mm-hmm. us that's our people. That's who we want to be hanging out. That's who we want to talk. That's what's inspired us. Yeah, music can make or break a movie. I think. Oh yeah. yes, it's huge. So, and I yes. feel like I feel like it's the 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 most lacking component of most modern art. I feel like most of the music that I see in modern art is very weak and doesn't and doesn't drive it home, which was it's such an important thing to us that we that it above all else we really want to make sure our scoring is up to par and that our films really convey that sense of dread or terror or heightened fear whatever we're looking for out of the scene we want to make sure we're bringing that across and we're not just doing some like synthwave soundscape with like a couple of like bleeps and bloops in there or something like yeah. ridiculous shit. I was just <laughs> watching this movie before we got on the thing. I'm not going to say the name, but the immediately I knew the movie was going to blow ass because the first five seconds were just this like nonsensical synthwave score. Like, dude, like, okay, you got, you busted out your Casio and you plugged it into your computer. Good job. Like, the second I hear that, I'm already dismissing the movie. I think it's just bullshit. Yeah. That's one of the things about John Carpenter, since he does some music and everything. It's yeah. It's amazing. I mean, Halloween is so dramatical. The thing and it's it's actually John Carpenter's a perfect example. He does these minimalist scores that really it's like a melody, a harmony, a drum beat. And maybe like a couple of other little things here and there. But that's it. It's real minimalist, real basic, but it's so fucking good. And it's so to the point. I don't know why more people can't look at that and go, I want to copy that shit. Because that would be better than what they're coming up yeah. with. Yeah. And yeah, it's important because it makes it makes the entire work of art complete. It does. It does. Everything counts. Definitely. I think I think a lot of directors these days they, they they worry way too much just about what's in the frame, right? That's it. Right. That's what you're looking at, which is fine. Like, which is fine. Visuals matter, of course they do. It's a it's a movie, yeah. so your visuals matter, but they let the story slip. They let the actors ham it up too much. They let the score kind of slide. You know, there, there's a lot more to making a good film than just making sure your shots suck. And that's something that we try to employ. I have a great team. That I'm blessed with that. I have an absolutely fantastic team of producers. My DOP is my best friend. Like, we're very tight-knit, but we're all also, everyone that works for me is so, so goddamn talented. And I'm so lucky in that regard that I have this, like, solid unit where we make a film and then we can turn it right around and go into the studio and score it. And I don't have to worry about anybody not doing their job because I've been making, I've been creating art with these people for the last 20 years. Wow. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So did Very tight-knit a- group. Very tight-knit group. Of the team, by the way. Did you start as a band first and then move into yeah. the film? Yeah. Yeah. No, we were a, uh, a few of us were in a touring uh, death metal act called 1942. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> and yeah, no, it was it was named after the video game from NES. Um, but we did that for oh my god. Um, we stopped ten years ago, and we were doing it for ten years before that. And so that's how we all kind of met. Um, was doing bands. Um, my director of photography used to film us when we do shows and stuff like that. Like he's always had a camera. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, we started with the with the metal scene first. Always wanted to do movies. Always wanted to make movies, but it was kind of like, like when we first had this idea, like it wasn't as easy to do. The 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 technology hadn't made it so that you could just go buy right. a DSLR and some stuff and just make it happen. You know, we were just like right on the edge of that happening, and then finally, you know, and as soon as we could, we started getting out there and making stuff. <laughs> Before the uh, obviously the pandemic, I mean, how did you get your movies out there? Like, did you go to Film festivals like Boston Film Festival or oh yeah, film festivals, cons, we were everywhere. We were everywhere. Um Okay. I mean I know I've seen you at cons and stuff. Yeah, but... yeah. No, but we were we were at everything. Um I I feel like I don't know, it's all kind of a blur. Like between twenty seventeen when One Last Kill came premiered at the uh, Rock and Shock Film Festival to Dead of Autumn in 2019, right before all the shit went to hell when we premiered the box. It's all kind of a blur. I don't know how, quite how we got here. <laughs> Did I you ever do the Underground Film Festival? In, in, underground? Uh... No, we never actually, uh, we never had the chance. It was always kind of like a working, uh, just the, like downtime between films. You know what I mean? So like you, you do your cycle with your film for whatever film festival, then you go make another film. That's the usual thing. Well, we were dumb and we decided that we were gonna go and sell our movies too. And, <laughs> <clears throat> and once once you start selling a movie, a lot of film festivals will shy away from it unless they're a commercial event where they're making some money off of it. They're, they're, they're probably gonna tell you no. So One Last Kill was already out in, in distribution by the time the next underground would come by and then the box wasn't anywhere near ready. That's just the box took us a very long time to make not an easy production. I did I did see that you uh the box was accepted to Trap Film Festival. Yes, just recently. Um some some fun people outside of San Francisco, California um are gonna take the movie. We're already selling the box, but we also do stuff like this because the box only had its one screening at Dead of Autumn when it right. premiered before the shit hit the fan. So any opportunity we get to still just show the box in Strawberry Lane to people, we don't care if we're losing out on sales. It doesn't matter. We want to make sure that they get to see it because we only did get to do the one screening before everything went to hell. So, mm, that sucks. Yeah. yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure it's going to be like that for a little while after uh once everything starts opening up yeah. well we're working on we're working on a new distribution method right now we're working on something new that'll probably make it a little bit easier for everybody to get their metaphorical hands on let's put it that way 
but yeah, but that's still a little bit in the future. I'm hoping by summer we'll be we'll be ready to go with that. Yeah. So tell us about the podcast now. Culture, yeah. culture shock. Culture shock. Culture shock. All right. So it was kind of born of the pandemic, right? Because we had nothing to do. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> um, but no, no. I we we've done shows in the past. We do. We did some video casts on YouTube. We did some stuff, but it's very hard to sustain that, especially with any kind of uh, production value. It's it's very hard and very difficult and very expensive to to maintain a, a, a good like because we were doing like a sketch comedy show called horror sphere and um that's what started us with like the talk show concept or like the, the internet radio concept we were like yo let's do a fucking horror talk show why the hell not how hard could it be well it turns out it's very very hard <laughs> really wow <laughs> really time consuming and expensive to do well so there were six awesome episodes of horror sphere that i'm pretty sure people can still go watch on youtube that we ultimately had to decide to stop doing because it was uh, damn, it was just too much when trying mm-hmm. to do a movie on top of it. So we minimalized it and we retooled it and we went around. We did a couple of more video cast shows. And it was just eventually we said, look, video might not be the way to do what we're trying to do. So we went and said, well, let's start a podcast. Screw it. Everybody else has got a podcast. Why wouldn't we? We should too, probably. And yeah. what I wanted to do, though, I wanted to do something different. That that was that, again, it's that they came from the five away thing. You got to be the weird dude in the room. You have no, you have, you have a compulsion to go against the normal. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to talk about our culture. I, I wanted to talk about horror culture, which it is. It is uh, some people have debated me on this, but it is a culture. It is. Oh, it's definitely a culture. Oh, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Ever since the first cons and the first guests to those cons and people began to congregate and buy horror t-shirts and all the memorabilia, it's a culture. It is a culture. And I wanted to dig into that culture and I wanted to kind of figure out not only why everybody loves this stuff, but why I love this stuff. I've been doing this since I was three years old. (laughs) So, So it's been a quest culture shock has been a quest for understanding really and i'm pretty excited i just got a co-host my my best friend in the whole planet my co-producer dan dan bouchard who starred in the box he played roland okay um is is the co-host is going to be co-hosting with me now um and it's actually a good testament to the show that he likes it so much because he hates podcasts so <laughs> when I asked him to do it, I thought I was gonna get a hard no. And he was like, "No, nah, man, I'm in. I love culture shock. This is gonna be great." I was like, "What? <laughs> I'll take it though." But yeah, that's that's culture shock. That's what we do. We bring people in. We talk about topics. We don't talk about movies. We don't talk about things. I mean, Misty's been on the show. She knows what's up. Yeah, and anytime you want me to be on there again, I'd be glad to. Hell it was yeah. fun. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, let's do it. No, but that's what we do. We dive into horror culture. It's never the same show twice. We never talk about 
We don't have a format or a theme or anything. We have a topic, we have a guest, and we just let it fly. And it's no holds barred. That's that that scares me. We don't we don't care about um offending people. We don't care about cancel culture. We don't care if you don't like it. <laughs> yeah. We're just saying what we're gonna say for half an hour to an hour, and you know, some people can get with that, and some people can send me some very long and angry emails. Oh boy, which has happened a lot more than I care to admit. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do on culture. Sounds good. Just give me an example of some of the topics you've had. I'm curious. That was my question. You took it out of my mouth. Well, um, okay. Well, one thing that we did that really made a lot of people mad uh, <laughs> was Ashley Turner from the Three Haunted podcast, which is on the Without Your Head Network with me on Culture Shop. We took a dive and a, I would more say of a dig at fan films. We took a hard swipe at fan films and some people got real mad about that let me oh. tell you they did not appreciate that i was saying that shooting a friday the 13th film without having the licensing to shoot a friday the 13th film is a bad idea but here we are um that was that one that one was particularly inflammatory that, that, that made some that. Huh? there's a lot of friday the 13th fan films there some are. of them are good too some of them are fantastic, but it doesn't yeah. the fact that they're both illegal and plagiarism. plagiarism. Yeah. <laughs> True. Um, let me think. Let me and think. cringeworthy. <laughs> some are cringeworthy. Yeah. Some are cringeworthy. Some yeah. look like somebody got out dad's video camera and yeah. shot it in their backyard. Yep. Yep. Just trying to think. What was another particularly feather ruffling episode? Um well, we did an episode on cancel culture. Oh boy, people didn't like that. <laughs> on cancel why. culture? I wonder yeah. why. Cancel culture. Yeah, we did an episode on cancel culture. The I'm not sure what you mean. Era. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not sure what you mean. Well, there's a growing consensus on the internet. That if you do or say anything that anybody disagrees with ever, they can. I don't even know how. I don't even know how to describe it. It's canceled. You, 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 your life's ruined. They do all manner of things to make sure no one ever pays attention to you ever again on the internet. And it, it just reminds me of like uh, the fucking liquor man when everybody's like, Chun, 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 Chun. Yeah, just like be one of us, one of us. It's like that. I just, I can't. I, I I can't do that. I speak my mind too much to to to, to, to deal with that kind of matter. Yeah. And I don't like it, but I am kind of an old man at this point. I'm 40, so I'm I'm done. Chowtown yeah. idiots, and I won't do it. So. Yeah, I'm older than you, so. So you should be even more fed up with people's shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on what the offense is. Oh, of course. Some of it's completely ridiculous, but there's a lot of, I mean, without without diving into a topic that's going to take 100 years, you know, there's some things, you know, that that are, uh, you know, c 
canceling, or if you want to call it that, is uh, justified. But, yeah. But there are times that it is also not. Yeah. The way I boiled it down on the show was pretty much simply like, if you're like Harvey Weinstein, you deserve to be canceled. There you but, go. Exactly. But if it if it's your if it's your angry grandma, no, she just she was born before you know World War Two. Like, of course she has a different mindset than you. Relax. <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect example. Yeah, that's a good example. So what's next for you? Well, um, let's see. We're gonna keep going with culture shock. We dipped our toe with season one. We're five episodes in the season two now, and I don't I don't see us slowing down. People seem to really dig it, or you know, they get really pissed, which either result's fine with hey. Publicity is publicity. That's yeah. what I say all the time. No yeah, we didn't do season one or two yeah, or anything. I don't I don't even know how many episodes we did. <laughs> yeah, we're real organized here. <laughs> well, I mean, we just I, I, I do it personally just to keep track of things. I have to keep track of things because it's just I should have kept track. <laughs> yeah, it makes it easier for me when like when people ask me. Oh, what episodes have you covered? I, I actually have a database I can pull up on uh, in like a side window and be like, yeah. Oh, that episode. Yeah, that was a good one. Because I can probably go back and, and figure things out. Yeah. But I mean, we're probably somewhere in the 20s, you yeah. know, somewhere. Because we've been doing it since 2015. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. More regularly recently. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're only monthly in the last, like, uh, I'd say, like, four to five months. Yeah. And last month we did two. <laughs> and we'll probably do two this month, too. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. But, yeah, no, uh, so Culture Shock, we're going to keep Culture Shock going. Um, I'm really, I'm loving it. I'm having so much fun. Now that Dan's on, it's going to get even better. Yeah, it's fun with co-hosts, particularly, you know, co-hosts that you get along with. I mean... Requiem and I get along great, and then my other co-host, um, Hansi, who just released, she's a filmmaker, she just released a documentary on Joe Lansdale. Nice. Yeah, and she's distributing it, so she's like in mail hell right now, because <laughs> she's mailing them out. I gotta, I gotta buy one from her. Trust me, I know. We do our own distribution. Yeah. I know. yeah. <laughs> Nobody um, buys stuff from us, so. <laughs> but I have a that makes it really easy. Yeah, I mean they they do at the cons, you know. I mean I I sold pretty much all of her t-shirts, but yeah, no cons. I've only got like small and medium. I I think I saw a t-shirt on your site that I wanted. It was like I think it was something. What did it say? I think like I want horror or something oh, like that. Oh, uh, that. Well, get it while you can, because that that was a con exclusive sale item. Um, yeah, it was really cute. Left. Okay, um, that's that's our that's our our zombie hand, our logo hand, and it said yeah. I am hard. Yeah, that was that was a con. Yeah, I, that's like so me. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm not just saying that to be a salesman. It, it's mm -hmm. those those both of those con exclusive shirts and the posters. We we put those up around Christmas time, just just because everybody's kind of not been able to get the cons and buy the con exclusive stuff. And we, I just left it up because this didn't look like there was gonna it had any end in sight. Um, yeah. Most of that stuff's gone. There's very little left of both of the con exclusive shirts and the posters. They're almost all gone. 
Um, so yeah, if you get, I'm not, I'm saying that to like help you out. If you want the shirt, <laughs> go buy it. Because, and where can they find this lovely merchandise? Uh, that would be www.itcamefromthe508.com. All right. Yeah. Cool. And uh, we got some cool stuff coming this year. We got some cool stuff coming. This year. Yeah. Well, if we actually had a convention in Massachusetts, it would be nice. <laughs> yeah, they're all gone. Yeah. They all, yeah, they all went out of business. They all went out of business. Oh wow, really? That's, that's yeah. Awesome. Rock and Shock is is gone. Really? Oh, what a shame. They said they're gonna do something else, but they're not sure. Even like Adam Green told me that they're gonna do something else. Okay. My future husband, Adam Green. Yeah. <laughs> I love that man. He's a great guy. I do too. <laughs> In different ways. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. He flirted with me. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, Rock and Shock. Uh, I mean. And Bill Mosley tried to set me up with him. <laughs> you know oh, what? Wow. <laughs> you know what though? What? I got a speculation. It's just speculation. I'm not. I'm not saying I know anything. I'm not. I'm not that cool. Um, but I would bet any money. After all this is over, people are going to be dying to go to South. Dying oh, yeah. to go to South. Oh yeah. If not, Rock and Shock. One of the defunct cons will come. Well, Scarecon, I think, officially went bankrupt and out of business. That's different. That's yeah. that's see, Rock and Shock didn't go bankrupt or out of business. They're they're in some kind of legal dispute. Which oh is really? Nice, which is, which oh okay. Oh, yeah, I don't know there any is... details, so I'm not going to say any details. Because, you know, yeah, I'm... and there is Terracon, but they canceled uh, it for this year. I'm also Terracon always didn't do good. But I'm I'm all set. There. I'm fairly certain Chiller is still gonna happen. So yeah, yeah, but that's in New Jersey. But I'll yeah. go to New Jersey. That's, that's the closest one to me. Yeah, and there was a New Jersey comic, uh, New Jersey con, but that was like in Atlantic City. Well, there's. I Monster was thinking of going. Well, there's Monster Mania. Monster Mania, y'all. Yeah. yeah. And if there's any in like the Virginia or. DC area or something, I can go out and see my editor from Horoscope <laughs> well, and go just, with him. I was just talking with the guy with some of the guys over at uh Vastacat and we were I all love those guys. Yeah, they're great dudes. I, yeah, I love, I'm, I love Matt, I love Alex, they're awesome people. But we were yeah. just talking and we're all kind of just residing ourselves like well, if we want to do cons at this point, we're just gonna have to try. It's not going to be in Massachusetts. You're going to have to go to New Jersey or Virginia or Florida or Texas. We should just all get together and put on our own con. <laughs> yeah. That That's also great. came up. That also with came the, up. With like the dorkening and stuff, you know? It's like dorkening, boombastic, you guys. Hope y'all listening. It's not a bad idea. It's not no. a terrible idea. It's not a terrible idea. It, it's, it's definitely more doable the more resources we pull. Yeah, I mean, I've got marketing experience. I went to school for it. I have there event running. I have event producing experience. So there you go. This, hey, this might be like the, the hot tip right now. You might have heard it here first. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if there's anything that filmmaking's taught me is that there's always a talent in somebody's arsenal that they can tap yeah. into something. 
and I'm sure my my buddy Daniel from Horoscope can probably help too. Yeah, ah. you heard it here first. He wants to do events. He he he's like really gang ho on it. Like he and I were talking about like doing doing events. Well, like all you know, like all over the place. It's not, not just that's for sure. No, I, I've put one on now myself with that of autumn and. It's not something that, you know, one or two people should really be saddled. It should yeah. definitely be a group effort, you know? Yeah, I mean, I got no money, but, you know, <laughs> I've got the experience in helping that's out with... That's what sponsors are for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. We get people to back the... We get people to back it. They pay for it. I'm not, yeah, we contact people like Shutter or, you know... We don't do this with our own money. No. Never. I mean, Shutter's actually a doable sponsor too. That's yeah. not. It's not impossible. Rude I was. Cool. I was gonna write to them. I'm to sponsor. Yeah, rumor. Uh, I mean, uh, said Dread Central. Oh, Dread Central. Oh, yeah. Bloody, Bloody disgusting. disgusting. Yeah, like these. Those are all like tangible, possible sponsors. It's not. It's not like this impossible thing. You know what I mean? No. Yeah, it's like, hey, if, if they're going to cancel all the cons, it's like, yeah, let's do it ourselves. They have to. I mean, I have much of an option. I know, right? Well, it looks like we're just about out of time here, so if there are any uh, cheap plugs, now's the time. <laughs> cheap plugs? Let's see. Uh, I'll make this short and sweet. Go like and follow. It came from the Five Week Productions on Facebook. Go like and follow us on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at James Lamont Sucks. And go to itcamefromthe508.com and buy my shit. Thank you. <laughs> well, follow us at Scream Sisters on Facebook and and on the Darkening. Um, like to get your podcast from. <laughs> yeah. And um, follow Horoscope. <laughs> And um, look out for Fangirls United. It's coming your way. Very cool. Okay. And oh, you guys take take like um, scripts and stuff. Right now, no. But I, I, I can't. okay. Um, I am stacked to the gills with okay with, with script submissions, and I can't even say that we are. Um, in any kind of financial position right now to make anything more than what we have on the docket. Okay, it's okay, Matt. Matthew was wasn't was going to help me, so I just yeah, figured I'd ask you. Really? No, I I I I, I, I have no problem, you know, giving them a read sometime, but I can't make any promises as far as like what we're making and not making right now because we're, I mean, after the past year, we're pretty broke. <laughs> Yeah, we we it's have not been pulling, is. we have not been pulling in big sales this year, which understandably so. Everybody's terrified they're gonna lose their job or whatever. Oh, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah, mine are horror comedies though. So. Ah, that's that's a different that's a different flavor than what we usually do. We we usually dip the toes way darker. Um, that's not to say that's a bad thing. It's uh, you know, it's just right now we got my newest movie lined up. And I'm producing something else that's actually going to be coming out this year. Uh, but 
that's that's pretty much all we have the money for at the moment. So yeah, I understand. <laughs> In one year, my comic book will come out. <laughs> I had a trust me. We had some pretty grand plans before Corona came along and kept us involved. But we did. We we had we had a feature anthology lined up. We had a bunch of bunch of people kicking in writers, directors. I was I was taking scripts left, right, and center, and then nothing went to hell. Then then it just stayed nothing for a lot longer than it could, and our expenses ate up every money bit of money we had. So definitely looking forward once once everybody gets back on their feet. Definitely looking forward to see what else comes out of uh, your company. Hell yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank yeah, you. I'm looking I, forward I, to seeing the other movies. Yes. Yeah, no, I um like I said, uh the Blu-rays are available right now. We I are we offline right now? Are we offline? No, no, not yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> we will be soon, but yeah, I think it's about that time anyway. So oh, if, okay, because like, I was like, about to say I was about to say something that I can't say yet, but if we right, were off- well, I'll tell you okay. when we're I'll tell you when we're offline. Okay. All right. So this is Misty signing off. Um, thank you, James, for being on the show tonight. Thank you so much for having me, guys. And thank you, Requiem. Oh, as always. <laughs> All right. Well, good night, everybody. Thank you. And this. So this is Misty from Scream Sisters from the Dorkening Network. <laughs>